All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio, an interactive conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. Welcome, dear listeners, to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. This is the show for you and by you, a virtual community creating conscious conversation and the opportunity to have a place to delve a little bit deeper in life than you may do on your own. So we are here to offer you a unique perspective from both worlds at the same time. My name is Callie Alpert here in the Central Hudson Valley in New York, with my dear friend, co-host, and spiritual psychotherapist, Steve Hassenberg. Hello, Callie. Hello. This is a good day for me. Is it? Yes, because I'm feeling old today. (laughs) That I've never heard you say. No, I've never felt it before, but there's something about the aura of the show that's making me feel a little old. And I'm hoping that after I listen to it, I'll feel a little better. Well, actually, thank you, because um, that's a beautiful segue. We're doing a special episode today. We have a special guest. So today we're going to welcome psychotherapist and best-selling author, Dr. Kylie Zweig, for a conversation about her new book, The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul. So she'll be joining us in just a little bit. We're going to discuss the inner obstacles of late life and how to embrace the spiritual gifts of aging, including moving from self-rejection to self-acceptance, which I think we could all use regardless of how old we are, repairing past hurts and exploring the resistance to later life chapters that can pave the way for a more peaceful and joyous aging process. So one of the out of many things that we're excited about today, you and I have never really talked about age, definitely not on the show. We've never talked about we age never of all have. the topics we've covered. never been a topic, right? Right? And I think in some ways, at least we like to think on our own that we're not super preoccupied by age in any of the challenging ways, but I'm sure we can find some today that Connie can help us with perhaps. Um, what's your relationship with age generally, like historically and now? How well, do you, feel about you know, that I've always thought that I was immortal. <laughs> I, on some levels, you and we all are. Right. That's not the show today. Yeah. <laughs> but what's happened to me over the years is that for the most part, I haven't thought about the future that much. Mm-hmm. And that may be a problem for me. Mm-hmm. And I learned that it was a problem about three weeks ago. Did you? Because we learned that we had to move from our home in the Palisades. And I wasn't ready for that because I thought, oh, God, we're going to live there forever. And about three days after we heard that we were going to move, I started feeling really old. I thought, what was the correlation? Too, the correlation was I'm too old to move. <laughs> That was the first one. Mm -hmm. The second one was 
you know, in my neck of town, I can't even afford living here anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm too old to make more money. And my brother-in-law has five houses, you know, income property. And Cynthia's ex-husband has five Porsches. And I don't have enough money to live here. And I started feeling very old. Mm. And it was in the context of where you are on the timeline of material accomplishment or accumulation. By this point, not that I'm poor, but I don't have investment properties. I don't have a vacation house. I don't have a lot of, I have money in the bank, but not enough. And all of that stuff really generated, and Mm. I mean this, a big fear about getting old. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, very understandable. And I think a lot of, (laughs) and I think a lot of people, well, I would say that this is what I say when I'm feeling badly about things like my achievements on the age timeline is my inner currency is very rich. What I might be lacking in certain ways, my material accumulation, I'd like to think that I, on most days I have my inner currency, which is a whole different number. Right. Right. Um, but around the idea of age, you know, I, um, so I'm in my late fifties and I would say, I don't feel like I've ever been really consciously concerned, but certainly it's popped up in different ways. It pops up. And I think this is very common if I'm going to generalize maybe for women, you know, in terms of how our bodies change and, what it looks like, you know, now then versus what it did five or 10 years ago. Um, The idea of starting new with a partner, you know, as a single woman in my late fifties, like harder to maybe embrace the idea of somebody getting intimate with someone for the first time, starting at this age, as opposed to somebody that I might've already been with for five or 10 or 15 years. For sure. Um, You know, uh, I have plenty of friends that are on the verge of retirement and thinking about all of the different ways that they want to enjoy their freedom when I'm starting all over again on paper at this stage in my life. So on a lot of those sort of external um, checklist things like you're bringing up, I definitely have been super mindful of age. And then I also feel really blessed because I feel, and this pertains more to what we're going to talk about with, um, with Connie in a few minutes, I feel like um, lucky that I at least maybe, maybe sometimes when the external stuff isn't going as smoothly, you need to turn inward faster or earlier, you know, in your chronological timeline and you start dealing with things in a different way because you have to wake up to challenges in a different way than, I don't know, I'm just making that up as I'm talking, Um, but perhaps there's a correlation we can ask her about. Um, But I do feel lucky that there's a lot of things I've dug into in a really deep way that I do feel like are in our currency and that I feel like make me feel more at peace about being this age and being this person in this body at this time. Um, But I'm constantly around people that are talking about how I interviewed someone yesterday, this beautiful woman who's at least 15 years younger than me, I believe, um, who one of the first things she said as she was primping just to get ready was, I'm really old, you know, I Uh mean, it's just sort of our our conditioning. It is. Um, So, yeah, it's interesting. So the good news is, and uh, this is based on what you've been saying, I've been meditating my whole life. Right. Starting at 20... 22, I started. 
And um, because of that, I've had that inner wealth. I've had that inner resource, which is like a lighthouse that has been, a, 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 the, as the Buddhists term it, a refuge. And it's a refuge of revitalization. It's a refuge of creativity. It's a refuge of peace. And in a sense, I, because I've had that so long, my tendency is not to look on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Enough. You know, it's like a reverse. Mm-hmm. So now I'm kind of positioned to look out on the outside a little bit more mm-hmm. to take care of myself when I get older. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's... what that that's what that circumstance brought up. And I'm kind of I'm really happy for it. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Right? You're, yeah, I think in some ways what we're describing about our personal experience is sort of the flip side. It's the opposite um, timeline that a lot of people right. experience. But I guess leave it to us to feel that way about things. Right. Yeah. Um, there's also the idea of, you know, what it means. And this will kind of tee up to um, Connie and talking about her book is. Um, you know, what are the prescriptions for peace around age, you know, and I'm excited to hear what she has to say about some of these um, sort of subsections. Um, But the idea of making peace with, you know, do you have regrets? Um, Do you have incomplete business with people where you feel like, you know, if God forbid something drastic happened tomorrow that you had unresolved business, you know, business with them, do you take care of yourself, both Mm. spiritually and physically? Um, you know, are we gentle with ourselves? Are we, do we embrace the things that we have accomplished as opposed to the things we don't or appreciate the parts of us physically or materially that we do have as opposed to, you know, what we don't. So I think a lot of it is also the lens that we choose every day to use. Absolutely. So shall we bring Connie on? Let's do it. Let's do that. Right. Um, So let's introduce our guest today, Connie Zweig offering a radical reimagining of age for all generations. She's a psychotherapist, a best-selling author, and Connie reveals how to use inner work to uncover and explore the unconscious denial and resistance that erupts around key thresholds of later life, attune to your soul's longing and emerge renewed as an elder, a word that we love around here. I'm excited to hear more (laughs) filled with vitality and purpose, sharing contemplative practices for self-reflection. She's also, she also reveals how to discover ways to share your talents and your wisdom to become a force for change in the lives of others. And before we welcome Connie, I just want to also say that we'd love to hear from our listeners today. If anybody wants to join the conversation or feels moved to ask Connie questions as we go about the conversation, the number is 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. Connie, welcome. So happy to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you both. So first off, let's start with just um, overarching question about um, about your new bu- new book. What was the muse for it? Was it something that you were personally experiencing or observing in people that you knew? Um, well, let's see which story to tell. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting in my favorite vegan restaurant in Santa Monica, which no longer exists. Um, when I was in my mid-60s, and I noticed a woman come in and sit near me who um, was quite old, 
and obviously poor. She was dressed um, shabbily and she was quite dirty. Her hands were dirty, her hair was dirty and she was ordering samples of food. And because I've been doing um, shadow work for so long, learning how to attune to the inner voices, what am I saying to myself and what does it mean? I noticed that I was saying to myself, hmm, she shouldn't be here. She's too old and she can't afford it. Maybe she's homeless, you know. And as soon as I recognized I was saying that to myself, I was shocked Mm. and disturbed. And I realized that I had a part of me that was ageist. Mm. And I had never recognized that in myself before. Mm. And I'm someone who was a a political activist in the late 60s in Berkeley and fought, you know, every ism on the planet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all of a sudden I realized that I had internalized ageism from the culture, this youth worshiping culture. Steve was just talking about that a little bit. And um, I really had to sit with that and contemplate what it was about. And because my work on the shadow is about recognizing these unacceptable parts of ourselves, these hidden, denied um, You know, some people say dark parts of ourselves, but they're really just unconscious. Mm -hmm. I gave it a name and the name was the inner ageist. Mm -hmm. And as I began to work with my inner ageist, um, I traced it back to the lack of an elder in my childhood. Mm. I had no positive model Mm. of late life of an elder who was thriving that I could internalize as an image, I didn't have that. I had a father who made a lot of um, ageist remarks, sometimes in Yiddish, (laughs) very patronizing remarks about Mm -hmm. older people. And I remember the television shows that I watched. And they um, remember all in the family. Yes, of course. Remember all the patronizing and the contempt and everything. So I recognized that I had been shaped by these family and media influences and I had internalized that message and that was not acceptable to me. And so I began to work with this shadow character, the inner ageist, and recognized that I was also aiming it against myself, that I was already in my 60s and therefore I was already one of them, those old people. Mm. And I was actually rejecting that part of myself and feeling ashamed about that part of myself. And I hadn't been aware of that because I was, you know, I really have a fairly fortunate and successful life. So um, in my research about age, I found that there's an epidemic in our culture of women who have an internal shadow character called the bag lady. Mm. And that there is this collective fear of being broke and homeless and alone on the street when we're old. Men have different fears and internal images. They tend to have to do more about um, losing the provider role and becoming dependent. 
And so these are some of the shadows of age that I began to explore as I researched the book. And I found that there were no books at all Mm. about the unconscious issues around aging, which was my expertise. Mm. There was nothing about that. Mm. And then I found some research out of Yale University, a woman, a psychologist who found that these unconscious images like the inner ageist and beliefs and attitudes that we carry through our lifespan actually shape how we experience later life. They affect our heart health, our brain health, our emotional health, our will to live, even our longevity. Right. And so it it became apparent to me that I needed to write about this because not only was it rooted in my own experience, but as I began to interview dozens and then hundreds of people, I found that they were all struggling with this. Mm. I think you'd be interested to know that when I started my psychotherapy practice at about 27, I think, soon after that, a, a very powerful image came to me, and that was a bag man. Ah. And that bag man stayed with me for many, many years. I started working with him. But it was similar to what you're saying, because my father had huge issues with money. And because of that, my bag man was there reminding me that I would lose all of my clients and I would be homeless. Ah. Mm-hmm. The good news is I've healed him and we, we have a really good relationship now. Beautiful. What I wanted to ask you about, because we talk about these personal things on our show, I wanted to ask you, what is the most difficult experience you've had in dealing with your own aging? Um, well, my husband is ill. Oh. And he's the love of my life. And uh, we've been together 28 years. And um, there have been a series of kind of hits around his health. And um, I spend a lot of time and energy taking care of him now. Mm. And so the, so, you know, what's really important for me in the context of the new book is that I don't identify with caregiver Mm. that I remember that I am not my role in relation to my husband or anything Mm. else that I'm no longer, by the way, I'm no longer a therapist. I've retired. Um, This will be my last book. So Mm. I'm letting go of writer. I'm letting go of doctor. (laughs) Um, And as these roles fall away, I don't want to pick up another role like caregiver or wife. I want to continue my spiritual practice and embody my identity as a soul. Mm. And that's what the book is about. It's about how to sort of drop the masks and roles and responsibilities and really get free of them and experience ourselves, experience our essential spiritual essence, our true nature beyond these roles, beyond the losses, Mm -hmm. the losses of capacity, um, the emotional losses, um, all the all the challenges that do come with aging, and so this is not sort of a Pollyanna 
positive thinking book. Mm -hmm. And it's right. also not about the socio and economic struggles, which are, you know, extant in our culture. It's really about the internal reality and how to connect with our inner world to, to get guidance and to orient towards soul in our later years. Mm, beautiful. Which is something that this show, um, you know, that we always try to, uh, regardless of whatever topic we're, we're covering on our show, we always want to come back to the idea of essence and soul and divinity and what's bigger despite our identities, our circumstances, our challenges. And so uh, that fits in so beautifully with the, um, just the, the thinking and the uh, philosophy that, you know, that we, that we share, except this is a very unique lens. That's really nice to, you know, have you talk about, because it's not something, it's not a conversation people are having, I think enough. Um, we have a few callers on the line and then we'll continue our conversation. Caller, are you there? Yes. Hi. Hi. What's your name and where are you calling Hi, from? Hi, Callie. Um, this is Paige from Los Angeles. How are you guys? Good. Well, good thank thank you. you. Welcome. Do you have a question um, to Connie uh, or a comment or some a story about the idea of aging? Yeah, I mean, more of a comment, but I was listening and just hanging on every word you were saying, honey, because um, I realize I am definitely an inner ageist um, from having you say, you know, talk about your own experience. And I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a, my comment is really that I'm a filmmaker and I think I work out my inner ageism as I age um, in my, through my films. And uh, I, I just wanted to share that I have a, a, a film about a woman who is an artist. She's actually in her 60s and she didn't become an artist until her 50s. She always took a corporate path and then sort of came into her own in her 60s, and now she is um, just spreading joy in her neighborhood um, by hanging these repurposed trash sculptures up on telephone poles um, with messages of positivity. <laughs> Beautiful. And I've, That's great. Yeah, I met her during the pandemic. I've been following her for a year and a half, and what, what sort of spiritually grew, just total happenstance, is this you know 25-minute documentary about this amazing woman who really came into her own later in life and finds herself through this act of joy, this act of, you know, anonymous spreading of love. And it's, it's really amazing because she was, she never even thought she was an artist and it's so, wow. her work is so beautiful and incredible. So I just, uh, I just wanted to share that and, and I can't wait to read your book. Mm. Well, what did you, you learn from that. your, I'm sorry, Connie, go ahead. Thank you for that. I've, I've been, getting so many emails from people who say, I didn't know I was an artist or a musician yeah. until they're in their 60s or 70s or 80s now, you know, with the new longevity and people mm -hmm. remaining healthy longer, this can happen in our 80s. Actually got an well, email from so someone amazing. today who's 96. Uh -huh. So and the creative, so, so, sorry. No, I was just going to tell you that this woman in her 60s climbs up telephone poles 20 feet up in the air <laughs> on ladders, uh, lugging these metal sculptures that weigh a lot all the uh. way up. And she is so, am I allowed to say badass? She's so badass. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you she's are. She's so inspirational. And I do think that she's, you know, from this film, and it, we're going to launch it um, probably early 2022. It'll hit the festival circuit very soon. 
Um, it's called Found, by the way, and I hope to share it with you, Connie, and you, and Callie, and, and Steve. Um, but I, I just want to say I hope that this film is my own gift to inspire mm. others that it's never mm. too late to find yourself and to, you know, to be who you truly are. And yeah. it's just so, like, I don't know, it's just been such a joy to, to really find her and be able to express through my own art her story and her inspiration. Beautiful. That's so beautiful. And it, I so thank you, Paige, for that. And um, I'm excited to see your film. Um, thank you. I, uh, <laughs> I also relate to that so much from the perspective of feeling um, underachieved in so many ways. Like there's so much juice that I have in me that has been sidetracked, sidelined, buried, needs to be excavated, distracted by other things, other priorities or hardships that have kind of superseded. And so that's a place where I, I do actually relate deeply and tend to get caught up is have I, have I missed my opportunities? And so it's a beautiful reminder with this story and Connie, your, your insights that um, it isn't too late and that there um, I probably have an inner ages that I'm still not familiar with inside of me too. That's limiting my own belief system. You know, there's a sort of conventional wisdom that, that we were taught that I grew up with that creativity peaks early, right? And if it hasn't peaked by our twenties or thirties, forget that masterpiece in whatever medium, because it's not going to happen. And I researched this and it's completely untrue. There are so many composers, painters, um, masters of every craft, architects, um, authors, who are creating later and later and later. And in some cases, you know, it's not their early career. They begin later. And so this is another sort of, um, we can defy that ageist myth by really taking on reclaiming our creativity at any age. Well, that's a, that's a beautiful tee up. We're going to stop for a moment and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And we'll continue with our interview and some more callers that are holding on the line. We'll be right back. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to One Soul Radio with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. So welcome back, everybody, to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. We are talking with Dr. Connie Zweig about her new book, The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul. And before the break, we were talking about the um, how it's never too late. One of our callers generous, generously shared about a creative project of film that she's working on. Um, and the discovery of an artist who found her artistry in her 60s. And just to to follow up on that thread, I've been, I've marveled at the fact that in my life over the last year, and um, Steve included in this, I know personally or of at least four or five prodigious, wildly talented painters that all started in their 60s. 
painting in their 60s. It's really interesting. Well, I, I include you. I include you in that. So it's <laughs> it's very encouraging when I, you know, to, to re- be reminded that uh, our essence is bigger than our age is, right? That's a good um, motto. Oh, I just made up a new bumper sticker. I love that. <laughs> our essence is bigger than our age. Okay, good. T-shirts. We'll have to, all right, t-shirts. t-shirts. <laughs> um, so, Connie, back to you. Um, what do you think generally about our, you know, our, our culture is not known as award-winning when it comes to embracing the idea of aging and certainly not speaking to aging um, from a shadow perspective or a spiritual perspective on balance. Would you agree with that? And why do you think it is? Um, I would say that, you know, we sort of swim in a sea of ageism, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. there is a worshiping of youthfulness, that the media really reinforces that all the anti-aging messaging and products. It's a huge industry. Yes. And, um, so there are financial incentives around this. And there are productivity incentives around it to keep people pushing and striving and driven in the workaholic culture, you know. And so there's also age segregation in housing and ageism in healthcare. I mean, we really saw that with the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. There's ageism in education. I mean, it's, it's just kind of baked in in the way that we could say racism is, if you, if you agree with that. Right. So, um, and sexism, but those have been called out more recently and ageism is only now starting to get the attention. The world health organization Mm -hmm. is actually starting to talk about it. There's um, an anti-ageism movement starting now that's both national and international. Um, And so, you know, but in, it's not universal, Callie. There are indigenous cultures that have rites of passage for people to become elders, <clears throat> both here in the West and in Africa. Mm-hmm. And there's, so there's a different relationship to the process of, of eldering and a kind of um, respect and reverence for that position or that archetype right. that we don't have in white postmodern post-industrial society we just we don't have it connie i wanted to ask you about the term shadow because the shadow is a big part of your book and for those who don't know that term that comes from carl jung and it does have to do with things that are repressed or rejected inside of us And I wanted you, if you could, to talk about how important that is in regard to aging. Well, like you said, um, the term shadow was coined by Carl Jung. And um, around the early founding of the field of psychology a long time ago. And... um, as we express certain qualities of our personality, certain traits, feelings, behaviors, beliefs, others get repressed. They go unexpressed and they get buried into what he called the shadow. And those can be taboo, forbidden traits, or they can be unacceptable to the ego kinds of things. 
if our parents, for example, couldn't tolerate anger and they punished mm-hmm. it, then it gets banished into the shadow. Mm-hmm. If they couldn't tolerate tears, then sadness or grief gets banished into the shadow. Um, if they couldn't tolerate um, our athletic gifts because they thought that was a waste of time and we had to just get ready to go to work you know don't be an athlete don't be an artist you've got to go to work then those talents get buried into the shadow and so all of this creates what Carl Jung called the unlived life Mm -hmm. right so one of the tools um, or practices for becoming an elder is called a life review the traditional life review is looking back from the beginning into where we are now and recalling the key events and moments, transitions, people, all the things that happened to us and really trying to harvest our experience for the lessons that we've learned. But it's missing the shadow. The traditional life review doesn't take into account everything that got repressed into the unlived life. So that's one of the tools or practices that you'll find in my book. Mm. is how you do a life review of the unlived life. Beautiful. And as you see that, as you see what wasn't lived out, what was sacrificed, you can make choices now to reclaim some of that. Whether it's feelings and reconciling with people, whether it's um, creativity, as we were talking about, a a gift or talent that was repressed, Whatever it is, whether it's a dream, an aspiration of some kind, we can choose whether to accept and make peace with that now or whether to attempt to live it out. Beautiful. So there are lots of tools in the book like that that are related to this dimension of the shadow and what we've left behind, what's been unlived, and how to either, um, as you said, make peace with it now or actually express it now. It's such a great, important distinction. Um, the idea of really speaking to the unlived life. People have get tugged by that so often they're not conscious of it, or you do work on that in therapy and you touch aspects of it, but to piece it all together as one tapestry at a stage in your life that needs to be examined is really um, such a beautiful, beautiful premise. I love the way you articulate that. Let's see who's on the line. Caller, are you there? Is it me you're talking to? Hi, it's you. What's your name and where are you calling from? Me. Welcome. Hi, it's me. Hi, this is, hi, Callie. This is Nikki and I'm calling from San Diego. Welcome. Do you have a comment or a question for Connie? I do. Thank you so much. First of all, it's like my head's going to explode because there's just so much um, that I relate to and that you've all said and um, that I panic a little bit about trying to say <laughs> say the words and I get nervous. So I um, just thank you and I relate to so much of it. I, I'm, I'm very much suffering in my life and a lot of it has to do with um, illness and, 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 a, and a physical condition that limits me and actually I feel like I'm in the unlived life. But I've been realizing for a while, a lot of it too fits under the category of aging. And so I've been, you know, I'm very um, ready for this topic. I, um, uh, when I was 57, I was, I had a husband of 25 years, um, beloved, wonderful husband and um, mate, whatever you want to call it. And 
I wasn't feeling old at 57. And, and then he died suddenly. And in that moment, for some reason, not to mention I wasn't planning to be a widow, but like my sense of my age changed. And all of a sudden I felt like the architect, you know, like the old single lonely widow. And um, so anyway, I, I actually am living um, some of that fear of, you know, now I'm 63 um, because of my health condition. I literally lost everything. I had a condo. I had money in the bank a little and it's all, all gone. And I, I'm in San Diego now. I rent a room from some guy and I'm like, what am I doing at 63 on my own, not in my city with a health condition and no money? So it is very scary. And I try to think of that, you know, it's never too late and you can do it and there's still life ahead of you. But I, my history around me is that people died so young. So it's also hard to have that hope. So I kind of go between hope for a longer life and and fear. You know, we don't we, mm-hmm. we don't know. And I think... Again, it's very much exacerbated by this um, health, this injury because it prevents me from living what I want. And mm-hmm. I was sort of on the threshold of that before this injury. And so I've kind of lost – it's been going on for 10 years. So I've sort of lost my whole – I think that would have been my season, you know, in my 50s and 60s. So um, my, I don't know that I'm pointing this to a question, but I I'm try I'm so hard. I do so much work to try to be at peace. Um you know, when I hear people that have had a long life and they're like, well, I've had a long life and they're at peace. And I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm still wanting to start my life. I'm still in this mode of well, I want to expand and do and I want the roles because to me the roles are my soul's expression. Right. And so anyway, I'm, I'll, I'll stop talking and I probably didn't make a point. But um, I, I'm just really struggling with the decline. With at some point, our bodies decline, and at some point, it is a decline. And I'm still in the phase of wanting to start my life, and so much of it has been lost to me because of trauma or illness. So I think I'm 35, and I want to get going. And I'm like, well, you know, you might be over right. here. Okay, thank you. Uh, there's not thank a you. specific question there. You know, thank but- you, Nikki. No, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I, um, Connie, do you, any, any thoughts about what Nikki shared or, um, ways to reconcile those two things? Um, it sounds to me, um, like you've experienced a lot of loss and illness, as you said, and that that has left you really with not much in the outer world, but you do have your inner world. And you do have your imagination and you do have the capacity to meditate or find another contemplative practice. I like to say age is our curriculum. So we take the conditions of our aging, which can be loss and illness for any of us, and we create a kind of natural monastery to change the quality of our awareness or our state of mind. Now, what I'm hearing from you is you want to go out into the world and contribute and make money and give and receive, but that that's not available right now because of your physical condition. And so that's, that's what is, that's what you've been given right now. And so my suggestion is that you go inside and see what resonates for you 
Maybe you can find a spiritual practice that resonates with you. Maybe you can find an online community that feels like a good fit. Actually, there's a lot of activism going on online too. Mm. Elders Action Network is fabulous if you want to engage in social issues with other elders. But, But my sense is that this moment was kind of created for you to go inward and you're resisting it because of this <clears throat> desire to go outward. So that's just my, that's my initial response, Nikki. I hope it's helpful to you in some way. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Connie. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks for sharing your story with us. That's um, such a powerful um, bit of feedback and, and such an important reminder again about the wealth of our inner life um, and how much room there is in there still to, <clears throat> to dig around and try to excavate parts that might help with the healing of things that are not working for us externally. Um, it's a really important distinction. Speaking of um, you just teed up to a, um, another question that I'd like to ask you, Connie, in our remaining minutes with you. How do you think, is there a, do spiritual practices differ from like midlife to later life? Or do you think they should? Steve, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, Actually, my feeling is that it's very much of a unique kind of signature for each individual. Uh, Connie and I were both involved with transcendental meditation for a long time. And that's been very, very valuable. And I do teach that in my psychotherapy practice. But I, each, I also teach mindfulness and other uh, Buddhist compassion techniques. But my big take on it is like whatever floats your boat. <laughs> so if you, you know art, <laughs> I became a painter about mm-hmm. five years ago. And I really didn't know how much passion I had about it till I started doing it. And any of these pursuits, whether it's music or hiking or um, meditating, uh, doing contemplative prayer, reading Thomas Merton, uh, listening to inspiring shows, all of those things are very, very helpful. And go ahead, Connie. Yeah, so I, I would agree, but I would add something, which is that we're not necessarily um, the same as we were if we, as we were in our 20s if we started meditating then or in our right. 30s if we started meditating then. Mm-hmm. And so in our 60s or 70s or 80s, my suggestion is, and I really go very deeply into how to do this in my book, uh-huh. that we re-examine our spiritual beliefs now. In the light of impending death, in the light Mm -hmm. of the shortened time horizon, what do Mm. we really believe? And two, what are our images of the divine Mm. that we left in the shadow? Like, for example, I, I had a client who was doing Buddhist meditation practices, but when we got underneath all that, he was terrified of going to hell by a Pope-like figure from his childhood. So we begin to kind of uncover um, our layers of spiritual beliefs and imagery at this time of life. And then we can find a practice that really fits who we are now. 
And some people will find that they want to focus on yoga or martial arts to maintain flexibility. And some people will want to maintain concentration and they'll find practices to really focus their minds. And other people will be more interested in lowering their metabolism and their heart rate and their blood pressure and finding practices that have those results. Other, other people want to open their hearts and there are practices for that. And some of it is finding the lineage that you resonate with. I never resonated with Buddhism, even though it gets bigger and bigger and bigger in our culture. <laughs> I'm just rooted in Vedanta and depth psychology. Those are my lineages. Other people are going to find Christian mysticism. Oh, my God, the most beautiful interview in my book is Father Thomas Keating, who was the founder of Centering Prayer, a Christian mystical practice. And he told me his, his life story of awakening, of spiritual awakening in the mm. book. And then he died a couple of months later. And so it's so precious to me that that is in the book. There are Buddhist teachers in the book who are talking about what does the Dharma teach about aging and how mm. to practice. There's um, a couple of rabbis who are teaching. Rabbi, Rabbi Rami Shapiro talks about the practices that he does around his aging body and mind. So it's about what resonates with you and really allow, enables you to stay with it, to develop the discipline to stay with it. I love the uh, idea that sometimes it just takes, because everything you're saying, um, I, I think can resonate with anybody who's on a spiritual path <clears throat> or maybe, or considering one. Um, irregardless of the, of their, their age. And then again, this is all um, very, you know, more specific to when you get to a, a certain um, stage in life. But what's cool is the idea of just stopping and reminding ourselves that we are fluid and ever changing. And although we might've been connected to a particular practice or belief system that it can always change and shift if we just ch stop for a moment and decide to become conscious about it. It's almost like a checkup that you get, you know, give, that you get every year, <laughs> sort of like the image that's coming to mind, the idea of giving yourself a, a little bit of a spiritual tune up, you know, as, as, as much as you, as much as you so desire. Um, so Connie, one more question for you before we, um, before we wrap up with you and just complete our show today do you, um, you know, we, we spoke a little bit about the idea of elder. And I think often when I think of the word elder, um, the context I'm thinking about it when it's attached to you and your book has a romantic, shamanic, spiritual, wise person, more than somebody who's just older, you know, which might be more of a textbook definition. Do you consider yourself an elder? And can you tell us why? Um, so, you know, in this culture, Everyone becomes a senior with a Medicare birthday. Right. But elder is a stage, not an age. So we can turn 65 and not become an elder because we haven't done the inner work to bring us self-awareness, to, to give us a sense of something beyond the ego, a connection to something deeper. You called it essence, something transpersonal. For me, that goes with being an elder, uh, a desire to give our gifts to the next generations. There are many, many qualities of being an elder. Um, 
breaking through denial of mortality, really important. Big one. Yeah. Um, and also, I would say connect, having some awareness of our shadow issues and how we get caught by them. So for me, there are many levels of consciousness or stages of awareness that we can undergo as we become elders. Some people become activist elders, like look at Jane Fonda, just launched a new organization of elders for the climate crisis. Rockstar Um, goddess. Some people become spiritual elders and teach contemplative practices to, you know, all kinds of groups later in their lives. Um, Some people become creative elders. Um, I think of David Hockney or Joni Mitchell or Paul McCartney or Leonard Cohen or Bob Dylan. I mean, these guys are just creative geniuses. Dylan is 80 now. I know. (laughs) Never ending tour, right? So there are all kinds of elders. And um, but again, it's an internal stage of development and it requires doing some of the practices that are in this book. I like to think of my book as a rite of passage to become an elder. Mm. Beautiful. Because if you walk through all these practices, you feel Mm. different on the other side of it. And that's what happened to me. So Dr. Connie Zweig, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Your new book, The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul. If people would like to find out more about you and your book, where can they find you? Um, They can go to ConnieZweig.com, C-O-N-N-I-E-Z-W-E-I-G.com. I have lots of online workshops happening that you can find there. They can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Indie Books or their local bookstores and find the book. Thank you so much for joining Thank us you, today. Connie. Such a pleasure. Thank wonderful. you for having me. Thank you so much. Wonderful interview. Thank Loved you. it. So in our remaining moments, we're going to jump into our action steps that were all um, suggested and spawned by Connie. So we'll, we'll jump back and thank her for that. Um, This has been a very rich conversation and really sparks a lot of thoughts and a lot of a lot of contemplation. So I just I uh, actually feel better about myself now. I'm so glad I do, too. Well, you know what? I'm not going to say I do yet. I need to sit and process. Um, But in terms of action steps that speak to what Connie shared with us today, um, this is a nice departure for us to have them shared by somebody else and um, and all of her teachings. So the first one is to re-examine your beliefs about aging. Write down three beliefs that you've held for a long time that you would like to change. Secondly, remember, as Connie was just mentioning, that elders are wisdom holders of all different capacities and modalities. Write down some of the wisdom that you've gained from life's ups and downs. And thirdly, if you were to share one of your gifts that has naturally evolved from the aging process, what would it be? So again, and these are all, uh, these are, I'm going to have to sit with these. I don't think I've done our action steps. I'm going to, I might have to do these. (laughs) I haven't either. No, we haven't done. I just revealed the big secret that I haven't done done my homework. We've done our own homework, I guess, in life to get us to the point where we share these, you know, write these action (laughs) steps. But now that they're being given to us by somebody else, another wise person that I'm going to have to sit and actually really adhere to, to adhere to this. So again, just to repeat them, number one, re, re-examine your beliefs about aging. 
write down three beliefs that you've held for a long time that you would like to change. Um, Elders are wisdom holders. Remember that um, you can write down some of the wisdom that you've gained from life's ups and downs and sit with that and let that sort of penetrate and honor those things. And then thirdly, if you're to share one of your gifts that has naturally evolved from the aging process, what would it be? Those are all such valuable ideas and uh, valuable action steps that we hope our dear listeners benefit from and we have Connie to thank for. So we want to thank everybody for joining us. Your presence in our show always means so much to us. You can find us at Unity Online Radio Podcast, onesoulradio.com. Instagram at One Soul Radio and Facebook One Soul Radio podcast. Next week, very very special show. We're going to be talking about the four agreements written um, by our Don Miguel Ruiz and Steve, especially has some very special stories to share. This is a perspective that you have never heard before coming from his personal experience. So please join us. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.